this is an opportunity to really solidify the great leadership we have as an organization. Uh, Howie and Doug, uh, two very, very impressive uh, leaders who collaborate and are a big part of the success of this franchise. Um, they really have instilled a culture of collaboration, teamwork. Uh, it's all about the group and the team. Uh, they, they work well with everybody. They're not afraid of hiring people that are very smart and terrific within uh, their areas. Um, there's just uh, an ability to be wonderfully collaborative between them, between their staffs. Uh, they're both um, aggressive. They're both uh, risk takers. Uh, it's part of our culture. We never want to lose that. And uh, they're also smart. They're, um, uh, they, they have an ability to relate well when it comes time to dealing with whether it's players, uh, other coaches, other personnel, um, just a terrific way of relating. And uh, it's something special. It's part of the reason we were so successful this year. And, uh, you know, I just found that it was an important time to be able to extend their contracts and solidify our leadership along with our um, head of business operations, Don Smolensky. It's quite a group. What's going on, Eagles fans? Welcome back into another edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast, available as always on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. It's Lou DiBiase here joining you on this Sunday afternoon, August 5th is the date. Pleased to be joining you today on another edition of the show, kicking off the week, and we are officially in the countdown phase of the Eagles' start to their season as they play the Pittsburgh Steelers this Thursday at the Lincoln Financial Field in their first preseason game to finally kick off the season as they defend their 2017 Super Bowl championship. And we're going to have it all covered right here on the Locked on Eagles podcast, LockedOnEagles.com. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes. We are on your podcast server, and we appreciate you listening. Please tune in every week. As many times as you want to listen to the show, we are going to be posting at least five days a week during the season, which is officially now. So we're going to have a lot of coverage here, and we're going to have a lot of input, hopefully from you, the fans, and what you want to hear, you know, feedback from the show, your thoughts on what I'm talking about and throughout the season. We really want your interactions. We want that as part of the show. I think it makes the show a lot better. And for that, you can follow me on Twitter, at DBSCLOE. And, of course, if you have any other questions for the show, you can email us at LockedOnEaglesPodcast at gmail.com. Today on the show, we're going to be talking about the Eagles making a few moves today. They signed not only a player, bringing him back, a member of the 2017 Super Bowl roster, but also extending general manager Howie Roseman and head coach Doug Peterson into the 2022 season. So the Eagles today signed safety Corey Graham, and they extend Howie Roseman and Doug Peterson, give them matching what is it, four, let's do some math, yeah, four-year contracts uh, extension, so they're going to be with the team for a while now after finishing the feat that Andy Reid couldn't do, that Dick Vermeil couldn't do, you know, and that's, you know, that Buddy Ryan couldn't do in Rhodes. It's finishing the job of winning the first championship in Eagles history since 1960. I mean the first Super Bowl in Eagles history and, of course, the first championship since that 1960 championship when they took down Vince Lombardi. So Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman, they extended their contracts and Corey Graham as well. So that's what we're talking about 
today on the show. Let's start off with the Corey Graham signing. The Eagles bring back the veteran safety on a one-year deal. Corey Graham played 36% of the snaps with the Eagles last year in 2017, getting his ring with the team. Had a, had a pretty significant role. I mean, with, with Malcolm Jenkins moving all over the field, remember, Malcolm Jenkins, for the majority of the time, played safety. Well, not, not only did he play safety, but he also, for the majority of, of the time, played nickel linebacker and slot cornerback. They moved Malcolm Jenkins all over the field. He is the Eagles' Swiss Army knife, so a lot of the time he's not playing basic safety with Rodney McLeod in the backfield. He is moving around signed on tight ends or on, you know, the Patriots running backs in the Super Bowl or playing in the box as a linebacker against the run. Malcolm Jenkins does it all. So a lot of the time the Eagles like to go to that three safety set that a lot of defenses in the NFL are going to now. And with that, Corey Graham was the player last year that came in while Malcolm Jenkins moved around the field. And he played 60% of the snaps in the Super Bowl. So he was relied upon last year. The difference is, and I like Ben Soyak's point, I saw on Twitter today, being relied upon and being productive are two separate things. Of course, the Eagles are familiar with him. He's familiar with the defense. He's familiar with Jim Schwartz because he played with the Buffalo Bills as well with Jim Schwartz when he was the defensive coordinator under Rex Ryan in that era of Bills football. So Corey Graham was familiar with him. And of course, coaches love familiarity. They love their guys, regardless of talent, regardless of who's maybe an upgrade at the position. They like having their guys. They like that comfortable feeling. Coaches really have always been that way. And it's something that drives me crazy as a analyst of the game. I think that it's a problem that a lot of coaches have, and it's something I think Doug Peterson has really put to the side and has really maxed out, you know, the strengths of the roster that Howie Roseman builds around him. And I think Jim Schwartz sometimes, although he's built a really strong defense that's top five in the league, he is one of those guys that likes to have his type, his players. You know, Nigel Bradham he brought in from the Bills. Ronald Darby, he had his hands all over that trade obviously Corey Graham, so he brought in a lot of those guys from that Bills defense to come help him out, and a player like Michael Kendricks suffered because of it, so and not saying that Nigel Bradham should not have played over Michael Kendricks, because Nigel Bradham was the best coverage linebacker in football last year, you know, especially when Jordan Hicks went down, so I'm not, I'm not criticizing the moves, but again, Corey Graham is a Jim Schwartz guy, and that's why he's back. For me, you know, it is good veteran depth, it's nice to have another leader back there, but truth, truthfully, I hope he isn't relied upon as much as he was last year. And I, he's going to be because of the Eagles' personnel and what they're going to do with defense. But I just don't think he was that great last year. I think the Patriots knew he was a liability on that defense and coverage. You know, he's an older player now. He's not as explosive as, you know, of course you once are in your young age when you're coming into the league. And I think the Patriots exploited that, especially in the second half. You know, Gronk for the most part in the first half was pretty quiet when Jalen Mills was covering him and Nigel Bradham and then suddenly when Corey Graham gets assigned on Gronk for the majority of the second half it was Darby too but the majority of the time it was Corey Graham and he got picked apart the whole second half and that's something that defenses are going to target if Corey Graham ends up playing almost 40% of the snaps again I just don't think he is I think he's a, a good contributor he played corner so he's versatile he's got good coverage skills but the athleticism isn't there anymore and he is a, someone that struggled in coverage a lot last year. He's someone that he had his ups and downs. And I know most football players are that way, especially when you're talking about a backup from when we're talking about Corey Graham. But nonetheless, I, I just, I really like the young players. I don't want to just, 
not trust the young players just because they're young. I want them to. I would have waited to sign Corey Graham until maybe the preseason. I know you want to get the, you want to get Corey Graham if you know you're bringing him in. You want to get him going, get him acclimated in the defense, get him in football shape. But at the same time, I would have liked to see Trey Sullivan and Jeremy Reeves get playing time before they brought in. Corey Graham so they can see where those two guys are at and then make a decision on Graham based on the progress of Trey Sullivan and Jeremy Reeves because now what we're looking at is although I, I think I hope the Eagles still play Sullivan a lot of the time maybe over Graham depending on how he does in the preseason Sullivan's probably still going to make the roster you know as that fourth safety but now a guy that I really like Jeremy Reeves of course I know he was undrafted so he wasn't a lock to do anything but Unless the Eagles keep five safeties now and cut Maragos, I don't know if Reeves really has a chance at making the team. Unless, of course, he could outplay Sullivan in the preseason. It's not like Sullivan's done anything to basically have a lock to make the roster, Although he, but he had, really has had a strong camp. Reeves also, though, has had a, a pretty strong camp as well, so it'll be interesting to see what those two guys do now in the preseason. A lot more pressure is added on those guys to make it work because the Eagles don't necessarily have to keep either at this point. I mean, they could keep Chris Maragos as your four, and then you're rolling in like that, and you practice squad one of the young guys, and that's how you go with it. So it's not even a lock that either make the roster. I think one of them is going to, and it's most likely going to be Sullivan, but now they really have to have a strong preseason to convince you know, the team that not only can they make the roster, but maybe they can have a bigger role and maybe try to beat out Corey Graham for that third spot. So Reeves is also going to have to have a strong role in special teams now. You know, that's something that could maybe keep Chris Maragos off the roster, and if the Eagles do decide to keep a fifth safety around, it is Reeves instead of Maragos. Because they do have Graham now, they have another veteran. They got three of them. Maybe they are more comfortable keeping two safeties in Trey Sullivan and Jeremy Reeves. So it was a big blow for the young guys, I think, and the opportunity for playing time for Trey Sullivan this year. So they definitely have to have a big preseason, and that's two players I'm going to be watching closely against the Pittsburgh Steelers this Thursday at the Lincoln Financial Field, which, by the way, I'm going to be going to. I actually made a spur-of-the-moment change. I'm heading down to Philly this week, and I had tickets to the open practice on Saturday. Instead, because I'm going to be staying at the Jersey Shore, I'm going to drive up Thursday for the game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and then uh, I'm probably going to skip the practice. So going to see them live in action. So if you are going to be at the game, hit me up at DiBiase. L-O-E, let's talk some birds. And uh, those are two players keep an eye on because with, with Corey Graham there now, we'll see what the Eagles' plans are for the two young safeties. But I just, I don't think that Corey Graham was good enough last year to where I want him playing the same amount of time that he did last year. Certainly not 60% of the snaps. Obviously, he's going to play even less this year because, you know, last year, the, the Eagles are still going to run three safety sets a lot of the time. But last year, there would be times where, you know, Nigel Bradham was the lone linebacker on the field, you know, the traditional linebacker. Malcolm Jenkins was your second linebacker, and you're still running three corners and Corey Graham and Rodney McLeod. Now with Jordan Hicks back, he is a really good coverage linebacker. He's not really going to come off the field a lot of the time, so odds are you keep Bradham and Jordan Hicks on the field. And if you're going to have Sidney Jones, Jalen Mills, and Ronald Darby as your three corners that play most of the time, then you still, you know, you have McLeod and Jenkins in your front four, and that's 11 
personnel right there. That leaves Corey Graham out of it. So I think he's going to play less this year than he did last year. Just based on Jordan Hicks's back, he's going to play way more than Michael Kendricks did last year. And the Eagles want to keep those three corners on the field because I think Jalen Mills, Ronald Darby, and Sidney Jones might be the best trio of corners that the NFL has this year. Maybe that's a you know, a bit of an overstatement right now, but I'm, hype, I'm all in on the hype train of the Eagles' young corners right now. So I do expect Corey Graham to play less next year, and I think it's going to be warranted based on his performance late last year. I know he had the pick against Minnesota in the NFC title game. He did play a role with the defense, but he was a liability sometimes in coverage, and I think he will be again if the Eagles play him a lot of the time. Before we get into Howie Roseman and Doug Peterson's extensions, I want to talk to you guys today about Nordic Track. Guys, sometimes it's hard to find time for the gym, guys and girls. It's really hard with, with jobs, with for me, with school, with your social life. It's hard to always get over to the gym and stay in shape. This is why you want to check out Nordic Track. Nordic Track has a series of training equipment to give you amazing workouts in the convenience of staying right at home. So you don't have to get through traffic, don't have to drive to the gym, which is a pain. The equipment includes a treadmill, exercise bikes, incline trainers, and strength equipment. You can be part of these high-energy workouts anytime you want without even stepping out your front door. And a really cool part of this, too, are the streamed workouts. It's a nice feature of Nordic Track. Start off your day running around the streets of Paris and end it working out on the African Safari. Workouts are led by the world's top personal trainers to make sure you meet your goals. And the news gets better, especially for our listeners. We have a special offer for Lockdown Eagles listeners. You get $75 off your Nordic Track purchase by visiting nordictrack.com slash lockdown and using the offer code lockdown. Again, go to nordictrack.com slash lockdown and use the code lockdown during checkout to save $75 off your order. We thank Nordic Track for sponsoring the Lockdown Eagles podcast today. All right, our second segment of the show, we are getting into Howie Roseman and Doug Peterson's contract extensions that go now into 2022. You know, talk about underdogs. I know the players were the underdogs last year. They got the story. Of course, it was the Jason Kelsey speech at the end. So many players that were counted out, the injuries that they had to overcome. It was probably the greatest story, one of the greatest stories in sports last year. But that also goes to the head coach and the GM as well, and Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman. These were two guys that just a few years ago, one, lost a power struggle to Chip Kelly and Howie Roseman. He was sent basically on the other side of the Novacare complex, had no role in player personnel anymore, was pretty much in charge of the, the, the training staff, and was basically traveling all year long and was demoted. And then Doug Peterson, a guy that was an offensive coordinator for Andy Reid, he was always seen as Reid's right-hand man. He was a long long ways away still from, you know, maybe getting to a head coaching spot. And a lot of people thought it was premature bringing him in. They thought he was the last option in that 2016 search for a head coach after they fired Chip Kelly. That was only two years ago that both of these guys... We're really at the bottom of the list when we're talking about reputation around the league. And now, these are two of probably the best at their respected positions. And I've never been more proud to be wrong about both of these guys. I really liked Howie Roseman and his first regime. I liked the aggressiveness. Even though the Dream Team era didn't work out, I liked that he was going all in for a Super Bowl. I liked that he didn't have a conservative approach when it came to building the roster. Of course, you can't just invest fully in free agency. It didn't work out. He made some bad draft moves. He didn't draft all that well. You know, he had some good picks, but a lot of the time, I still remember 
I know Andy Reid had a lot to do with it too, but he was a part of the Danny Watkins draft and getting Jaquan Jarrett. And with Chip Kelly, he was still the GM when they took Marcus Smith. So, you know, Howie Roseman's draft track record was also suspect. And I sided with Chip Kelly. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I kind of bought into the hype of Chip Kelly. I thought, you know, after two 10-6 seasons, he deserved to build this roster around what he believed. And I thought he was going to invest the money in the defense. And I thought his system was going to work for his entire career. And teams picked up on it really quick. And I'm I'm so glad to say I was wrong about Howie Roseman. And Doug Peterson, too. I was more focused on I didn't think Peterson was really going to be a serious option. I know, you know, back when the Eagles were on the coaching search, his name kept getting floated around that, oh, don't be surprised, you know, the Eagles are going to give an interview to Doug Peterson. He is a candidate for this. But I was always focused on maybe they'll bring back Sean McDermott, maybe McAdoo they're going to want bringing over after his successful season with the Giants as their OC. And Tom Coughlin even, too. Remember, Tom Coughlin was someone that was an option that was thrown around when talking about Eagles head coaches. So I did not ex- really expect, nor was excited after they actually brought in Doug Peterson. It was something that how many people actually, I mean, honestly, that you're when you're listening to the show, really believed that Doug Peterson was the right man for the job? And he was timid in his press conferences. He didn't seem like a guy that was really cut for it. And it's it's an awesome story. And now they won a Super Bowl in only their second year together. Remember, this is a team just last offseason we're talking about. Is this team ready to win now or is it long term? What's the goal with this team? And they you know, cut their rebuild in just by, like, by, what, four years? I mean, how many of us really expected? I think we all expected the Eagles to be serious contenders probably around Carson Wentz's, maybe this year or his fourth or fifth season. That was when the Eagles would take that step to be Super Bowl contenders, and they do it in their second year together. That's just so amazing. And I love what Lurie said about them both being calculated risk takers. If you want to stay at the top, you have to separate yourself from the other 31 teams in the way that you do things. And Howie has been that as a GM, and Doug has changed the coaching game on the field. Aggressive is the mindset, and it's one that I love, especially in the NFL, where there's so much conservative coaching and just you know, GMs pick to not lose their job, coaches coach to not lose their job, punting on fourth and two on the opposing 44-yard line. I love the aggressive. We're going to go for it and try to win games. We're going to play to win games, not play to not lose games. I, I love the approach, and it's for both of them. It's it's the way both carry themselves. And honestly, when we're talking about, again, I mentioned how Doug Peterson seemed timid in his press conferences. He just didn't know, it seemed like, how to handle the media when he first came here from Kansas City. You hear him talking the way he carried himself, but then on, but you know, and on the field, I think he was kind of restricted really in his first year from showing what he could do as a play caller and as an, an aggressive head coach. And then in year two, it was it's it was night and day how different he was with the media, how confident he seemed. And then when he actually when how he built him an offense, you know, Carson Wentz took an MVP type of step, and you give him the best offensive line in football, and Alshon Jeffrey comes in, and Nelson Aguilar, you move him, you decide to move him into the slot, and he becomes one of the best slot receivers in football. Zach Ertz becomes one of the best tight ends. Suddenly, Doug Peterson's playbook just opened up, and you're seeing all these new wrinkles to the offense. And he finally, he just unleashed himself as a play caller. And now, honestly, when you're asking who are the best play callers in football, what are the names we bring up? It's probably you get to one or two before you mention Doug Peterson. If you don't mention Doug Peterson first, maybe you mention Sean McVay. 
and then you probably get to Doug Peterson. So it's just it's amazing how far both of these guys have come in this second chance for Howie and the first and maybe only chance Doug Peterson was ever going to get. Because if you know if he didn't have the history he had with Andy Reid. That's why he got this opportunity with the Eagles, because he was with the team as an assistant coach. He played with the team, and he was Andy Reid's right-hand man, and you know how much the Eagles respect Andy Reid. But what other team is giving Doug Peterson an opportunity to be a head coach in 2016? How many other people interviewed him? No one else was going to take him seriously as a head coaching candidate. Nobody was. Maybe in a couple of years if the Chiefs offense kept producing, but Doug Peterson was not getting any other serious considerations outside of the Philadelphia Eagles. It's They're awesome, amazing stories, underdog stories, and now again, they're both at the top of their respective positions. I think Doug Peterson, outside of Bill Belichick, should be considered one of the best coaches in football. He's If he's not top two or top three, he's absolutely top five, if you ask me. And I thought it was interesting as well, Jeffrey Lurie talked with the media today. He talked about Roseman learning from the other GMs from different sports. So in that 2015 season when he lost his job to Chip Kelly, he basically had the year to take a sabbatical, and he traveled a lot, and it was really cool. I know he did an interview about it, talking about his experience, but then Lurie brought it back up today because someone asked him, what's the difference he's seen in Howie Roseman and Peterson and the growth? I mean, that's something I would have asked if I was in the room as well, so I thought it was a great question, and he basically said, you know, that 2015 year, Roseman had a lot of time on his hands to reflect, to grow, and to really you know, think about what he could do better if he ever got another opportunity to be a general manager in the NFL. And he learned from a lot of different GMs of different sports. You know, he he was looking in with and talking with general managers from baseball, from basketball, from soccer. You know, he really did his due diligence and it paid off because then he just started becoming this innovative you know, groundbreaking general manager that basically started the trade era in football. He has tapped the market and just gone after and tried to maximize every single avenue of collecting talent that he can with trades, which no one thought of doing in the NFL before Howie Roseman, outside of, of course, with respect to Jimmy Johnson. And it wasn't just that, but it was, you know, it wasn't just trading in its own right, but it was who he was trading for. He was, he, he understood the value of a fourth round pick in that, you know, I'm going to trade for a young running back like Jay Ajayi, who not only is he young and has upside, but he's also a producer right now. He was coming off a season of over a 1,000 yards and had multiple 200-yard games. So he brings in that talent instead of a fourth-round pick, which teams are terrified of giving up, it seems like. They're terrified of giving up any draft picks. And Howie Roseman ends up getting a productive young running back for him. He's not getting bridge guys like he used to or old guys that are maybe on the tail end of their prime, but he's trading for players like Jay Ajayi and Ronald Darby, young players that maybe grew stale with teams because either they weren't their coach's type of guys or they were quote-unquote locker room headaches. It was a lot of the time these these players fell out of favor with other teams, but it seemed like maybe a lot of the time for stupid reasons, and I think Howie Roseman exploited that. It wasn't just that. It was the trade-ups in the draft, getting Carson Wentz. He maximized the quarterback position. You know, free agency, he still did dip his hands in there. He's a wizard when it comes to the salary cap. They have the, one of the highest payrolls in the NFL right now, but, you know, bringing in Timmy Jernigan and Alshon Jeffrey and... You know, hell, even Torrey Smith last year, and uh, it was just, you know, who else did, I mean, obviously Ronald Darby, and even, even, he he got these underrated guys that he never brought in before, 
paying basically nothing for Patrick Robinson, who was probably the best slot corner in football last year. Or, hell, even a Corey Graham he got something out of. It's just, he, he just was so impressive in every avenue, every way of building this talent. And, you know, with him in that aspect and Doug Peterson, the steps he took as a play caller and as a leader of this team, both of them absolutely deserve this con- this contract extension. And it's 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 a healthy front office now and for the first time in a while because you know the Chip Kelly chaos was there even before there was there was confrontation with Joe Banner and Howie Roseman and Andy Reid it really seems like finally they have some camaraderie there's some just stability and consistency in the front office and I think that's something Jeffrey Lurie really prioritized after Chip the whole Chip Kelly experiment went down you know obviously it was Let's go get the quarterback as well, getting Carson Wentz, building the roster. But I think the first thing that Jeffrey Lurie did, obviously, he had to get a coach too. I digress. When he fired Chip Kelly, the first thing was, let's stabilize this front office. We need the right guys in the right roles, and we need everyone working on the same page. Because it just a lot of the time seemed like people were not on the same page in the Eagles front office and with the coaching staff. And now it truly seems like everyone's goals and the plan and the vision is lined up correctly and there's this awesome partnership not not only between Peterson and Howie Roseman who understand you know Roseman understands what Peterson wants in a player but he also understands you know if I give if I get any sort of talent to him Peterson's going to try to mold you know those guys and really maximize that talent but he's doing he's done you know how he's done it with Joe Douglas Roseman has this humble approach to him now where before he kind of seemed like this, you know, he's he's still a little cocky, but he he deserves to be now. He won executive of the year, but before he had this arrogance to him and he even said he had to humble himself and get better at relationships with people. And I think that's that emotional intelligence Jeffrey Lurie was talking about. And I think that he's really done a good job of that now. And it's hard to know if you're not inside the building, but you can tell that it's worked because of his relationship with Joe Douglas and, you know, the partnership that those two have, because, you know, Howie's a pretty, he, he has an ability to be a talent evaluator, but his strength more is in trades and understanding draft pick value and understanding value of the salary cap, that kind of stuff, where Joe Douglas is the personnel guy, a, a scout type of player that, or a t- scout type of guy, front office member that can sniff out talent and that can maximize a draft class. And they have complemented each other really perfectly. And it's just, the Eagles are such a perfect, perfect, well-oiled machine right now. And I hate to just gloat, but I don't hate to gloat because it's the first time in a while that we can say that. That just every avenue of this Eagles organization is just running like an absolute machine. And that really is reflected in today, Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman getting extensions. So congratulations to them. Brian Dawkins going to the Hall of Fame yesterday. It's been a big week for the Eagles. Not just a big week, but a big year, because you damn know well what happened February 4th, and now we got the new season coming up, and it's just such an exciting time to be an Eagles fan. That's going to do it for today's show here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast, available as always on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you for joining me. Please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Leave me a review. Follow us on Twitter at DiBiase, L-O-E. Check out all the content on LockdownEagles.com. And as always, thank you for listening, and let's go Birds.